It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. Salutations, Winning Ticket faithful that sweet sweet voice you've come to know and love in your headphones is none other than me joseph the expert in all things charming and terrific i feel like i open up with a new intro every time i say that i'm i'm handsome one intro i say i'm charming another intro but it doesn't matter i'm i'm your host for today i'm joined by a new guest expanding our horizons a little bit well i should say new to the to the pod but those in the slack channel know this guy very well cuz he has made them a small fortune doing some DFS work. So without further ado, his name is Rube. Kind of like Ichiro or Bono or Madonna or whatever. There's, there's no first name. There's no last name. It's just, it's just Rube. Rube, tell the peoples about yourself, man. Hey, Joe. How you doing today? First, uh, first of all, I have to say what, a, what an amazing intro. I mean, oh, I, yes. don't know, I don't know how I can top that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've been in avid DFS gambler degenerate for years. My first, uh, my first dabble was obviously into football, but my first love is the NBA. Uh, that's where I really became obsessive over stats and usage rates and minutes and rotations and just everything boring and amazing that uh, gives me the edge in, uh, in, this, uh, in this wonderful thing called the NBA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, you've been winning in the Slack channel for, I mean, you, you won some NASCAR lineups, you won some, some CSGO, you've won some Call of Duty, you won some Rocket League. I mean, you've, yeah, those, you're, you're those truly the just, jack of all trades. Those were just in the meantime, though. The, the NBA is our moneymaker. That, yep. uh, that is where we are going to be uh, our, our most profitable and most successful. Yep. Yeah, no doubt, man. And you kind of ran through some of the stuff that you like to look at. So to kind of give the viewers an outlook on what the, the episode is going to look like, we'll go over the bubble schedule and setup first, uh, maybe some behind the scenes stuff for the NBA. Then we'll talk some player changes. We'll talk about increased roles. We'll talk about motivation and player rotations. And then finally, you'll hit them with, uh, well, I guess along the way, we'll talk about some, some DFS plays. So we'll do that for a couple of teams. Uh, we'll break down some futures odds and all that. So I, I'm actually currently watching Grizzlies heat right now. The Grizzlies are up like 20. They got like the eight <laughs> stringers in. So it's not like this game matters or anything like that, yeah. mm-hmm. but let, let's talk about some of the, um, some of the actual bubble setups here. So it looks like they're almost in like a conference room that they just threw down some, some hardwood. So there's obviously no stands, but I'm concerned about the sight lines here in a way for shooters. I'm concerned so- about, the, I mean, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you talk about all that. But it, it, the bottom line is, it looks, it looks very odd. It looks different. Well, what's your take on all this so far? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is a completely different setting than what, uh, what all of these guys are going to be used to. Of course, I think, uh, I think one thing that people have touched on is, uh, is home in a way. Uh, scorekeeping is one thing that is going to drastically change. If you look like, if you look at someone like Anthony Davis, uh, his his blocks and his uh, assist totals are drastically higher at home. So we're going to have some more neutral scorekeeping. Um, in these environments, much, much, uh, much lower uh, home court advantage. Obviously, there is no home court advantage. And, and I do understand what you're saying about the sight lines and the shooting for these players to get adjusted. The one good thing is that they are getting in here two, three weeks early, some of them. 
uh, well, a majority of them, except for uh, some other players that we'll get into later. But uh, they're getting accustomed to these gyms. I believe that the uh, that they're playing in two different gyms is yep. uh, is what the plan is. Um, so, but they're very similar setups. I've, I've actually been to that Disney complex before uh, for a baseball tournament, not for basketball, because I'm a short and fat, so I did not play basketball. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so baseball that, and that football is something room. interesting. And uh, and one thing that we that we can get right into in terms of that is uh, is the totals for these games and and what we can look to take advantage of uh, with this NBA bubble environment. Um, if you want to think of this as a true, uh, these guys have had three months off and they're hopping back into it. Um, generally in the beginning of the season, totals are down in comparison to what, uh, what they are towards the middle and end of the season. Um, so, I mean, that could be something unders on totals or something that, uh, might be able to be exploited, exploited early on. But the yeah. one thing, the one thing about the, this environment that is different than the beginning of the regular season is that, uh, some of these teams have very little motivation to play and, uh, and you could see them going out there and just playing some like street ball. Like let's, let's get up a bunch of points, a bunch of shots. We'll get a bunch of young guys going, get a bunch of young guys looks and they'll just play faster than they normally would. So I feel like that is something maybe we'll hold off on and we'll have a really good gauge on after maybe the first day to see uh, yeah. to see how that's going to work. Yeah, 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 no doubt. And Mikey and I were theorizing uh, about that very same thing because I know you had mentioned prior in just our discussions off the air um, about totals and stuff like that in the NBA and how you can slice it. So something that Mikey brought up was if the totals look like they're they're lower and you can't really play an under because you're looking at like, I don't know, like a 205 or something like that, and it's really the value's been shaken out of it already, you might be able to look at some player prop rebounds over. Now, I know rebounds are kind of like uh, – it's more like an interception in football or like, or I should say a fumble. Like it's a little more high variance where it's a little tougher to predict because it could bounce truly any direction when it hits the rim. But – Maybe a team total rebounds. You're not, that's going to be kind of a hard place to, uh, to find that in yeah. some sports books. But, you know, that, that could be a different way to slice it, too. If the line has already been obliterated and you don't want to take a bad number, maybe take two or three uh, rebound props for a half unit each and you can make up for it. So I thought that was kind of interesting to, to, to kind of get after something that's not going to really be hit up a lot. You know, so I, I personally, I am hoping and praying that sports books are putting up uh, the similar, similar player props that they would during the season, because I feel like they're going to be extremely exploitable for this. Uh, yeah. It'll have more of a, uh, these first, uh, these eight uh, seeding games is what they're calling them are going to have a lot of like a preseason basketball vibe to the vibe to them, where if you're on top of the information, you're on top of the rotations, the minutes, the usage, uh, you are going to have a massive edge over uh, on something like player props where um, sports books just don't put as much time into player pop player props because the limits are so much lower, lower than sides and totals. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm smiling, right? You can't see me on the camera or anything, but I'm, I'm excited because I know that you are going to stay up on the minutes and the usage and the rotations. And then in turn, I will be staying up on this information through you. So I am very thankful that uh, you're going to be – you currently are the DFS master on the winning ticket program here. So 
and that gets me all jacked up. So that's a good macro concept for the totals. Do you want to just jump right into the Thursday games? If you're looking at totals for these games, we have Jazz. I was going to say at Pelicans, but it's really – it's just Jazz versus Pelicans. And we have mm-hmm. Clippers, Lakers. If you're not looking at a total, are you looking at a side? If you're not looking at a side, what are some DFS plays on Thursday here? So first, first uh, looking at the Jazz and the Pelicans, uh, one thing – one thing to note is, uh, is that the Pelicans did get Zion Williams back. He did return from his absence from the bubble. Uh, so that was something that was in question. They had this, uh, this total and line down, uh, even as early as this morning. We're recording here on, uh, on Tuesday afternoon. So as of this morning, they still had this line down. But, uh, but we did get an injury report uh, that he is expected to play. Um, so one thing, one thing to note with the Jazz is that Donovan Mitchell uh, may not be 100% yet coming back. Um, they've been easing him back into it, and he may not p- be playing his full minutes. Um, the Pelicans have a ton of motivation here uh, to, play, to play well. They're fighting for that eighth seed in the, uh, in the Western Conference. So if I was going to lean aside here, I would lean the Pelicans uh, for this game with Zion and everything. Um, for, for the second game of the night, the Clippers and the Lakers, uh, we have a ton, a ton of injury news to get into uh, with this side. Um, on the Lakers side, they have Avery Bradley, who will, uh, who, will yep. not, uh, who will not be joining the team in the bubble, bubble. And you may be thinking, oh, it's Avery Bradley. It's not that big of a deal. But he is someone who, um, if you're looking at stats or you're looking at for fantasy um fantasy stuff and whatnot. He's not a player that really stands out, but he was uh, an elite defender for him, uh, for them playing uh, on ball guards and stuff like that. Like he is the prototypical guy who would have, who would have guarded someone like say they were going up against Portland. Like he would be on Damian Lillard all game, 30 plus minutes. He is that, that main defender guard for them. Um, and they'll need that. I mean, they're going to need that against the Yeah, Clippers, they definitely you know? will because, because someone like LeBron, although they like to play him at the point guard on offense um, and run pick and rolls through him and really have the ball in his hands, uh, he obviously is not going out there and guarding someone like Lillard uh, for 35 minutes a night. It's just not happening at his yeah. age and, and, uh, yeah. and his, current, his current state. That's just not yep. going to happen. Yeah, what? I totally agree. One underrated, one underrated aspect of this game is that they did have Dwight Howard. Uh, they did have Dwight Howard opt in. He's another player who you might be thinking, oh, old wash Dwight. But, uh, but he, he allows them to play that, that Twin Towers lineup with Anthony Davis at the four that really creates like mismatch nightmares for the Clippers where they then have to roll out like a Zubac and, uh, and Harrell lineup, which they really don't like to do. They like to play smaller with Kawhi or PG at the four, but then you have a little bit of a mismatch with Anthony Davis um, having the height advantage on both of them. So, so it's a, a real cat and mouse game with them. I would say the biggest uh, news that we have going into this Thursday game is that it looks unlikely that Pat Beverly is going to play, who left the bubble for personal reasons. And then the one player who has gotten the most scrutiny for leaving the bubble and has been forced to quarantine and will miss the first two seeding games for the Clippers is Lou Williams. Um, If you guys have not heard this story, it's probably the most (laughs) preposterous thing ever is that Lou Williams left the bubble to go to a strip club to get lemon pepper wings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pause for a second because, because are you serious? Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable. 
un, unreal. Does so, he still I, get? Does he still get paid? By the way, as I, if he never I, left. Yeah, I believe. I believe since he's in the bubble and what going to be active but quarantined, uh, That's I so believe lame. I will get paid for those two games. He has like a. I think he has a. I know he's got like three kids. I don't know if he's married to the girl, but like. Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I don't know, dude. What no are you idea. doing? Yeah, that, no that's idea. classic. But uh, yeah. look, and, if I can jump in on that first game real quick, yeah, I got to yeah, go lean. I, I got to lean uh, with you there. I mean, if you just motivation plays such a huge factor, especially now of all times, how can you not like Pelicans under a bucket? You know, Absolutely. especially with Zion coming back, of course, he's going to come back. They still have a shot to make the playoffs, you know, but yeah. um, I, I defer completely to your official pick here for Lakers Clippers. Pelicans, I think I can see that. And it's going to be really easy to root for the Pelicans, too. If you're just a casual fan, you want to throw some pizza money on the game, throw it on there and just watch the, the Pelicans try to do some work. But what is your, what's your official play here for Clippers-Lakers? So, so for me, I, I initially, I am going to lean the uh, Lakers, but it's all pending on Anthony Davis news. He did sit out of practice today with an eye injury that's been bugging him, which seems weird and uh, – and all that, which it is weird. I, I don't know what eye ailment is keeping him out of a scrimmage and out of practice for now two days. So we'll just need to keep up on that news. I mean, I would expect him to play. But if uh, but if if we get any word of Anthony Davis being limited or Anthony Davis being out, I mean, this play immediately flips to the Clippers. Um, yep. Look at someone like cool. Paul George. Paul George has thrived when Lou Williams or – Kawhi Leonard have missed games this season. He's really taken over and uh, and played to like an MVP form when either of those elite scorers are out. So look for him to have a really big game on Thursday. That's cool. So out of both Thursday games, we gave plenty of player changes. We have plenty of motivational edges. You gave some sneaky DFS hints if some of the peoples were listening there. So if we can now graduate to Friday here, we have Magic against the Nets here. Magic at Nets. I guess technically this is a home game for Orlando. Do you yeah. think that matters at all? I mean, the, the no, Magic are favored by all. like six and a half. It, it doesn't matter at all, you say? No, it does not matter at all. Nope, not a, not yeah. a single bit. Nope. Yeah, because there's really no comfort of home here. This is no, they're all like living at a hotels. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, is, yeah. It's not like they're going home every night. Uh, if they were able to, you know, go home to their families every night, it'd be a little bit different. But Right. So if we're looking at Magic Nets, Magic are favored by six and a half, and the total looks to be 211 right now. This is the first game on Friday. It looks like the 230 game. Do you have any leans anyway? Do you, you see any player rotations being different than, than what some people might expect or any increased roles here? Well, for first of all, I have been locked into this Friday slate. I looked at it when salaries dropped uh, for DFS probably – six, seven days ago already. So I've been locked nice. in on this slate uh, more so than even the Thursday game. So I'm, I'm really excited for, uh, nice, for nice. this Friday slate of six games. So initially um, it, it, the one thing is that Orlando does not have much to play for because they basically have that eighth spot locked up from the wizards who, uh, who have a bunch of players sitting out, which we'll get into um, later on, but Orlando has already talked about they're going to play uh, extremely deep rotations during the seeding games to really ramp everybody up and get everybody going. So from a DFS perspective, obviously, that's something that we want to avoid is those, those spread yeah, out 25-minute-a-game kind of guys. We, that is not something that we want to target. We want to target 
high usage, high minute, high uh, fantasy point per minute guys. And although you look at someone like Nikolai Vucevic, who is in a very good spot against Jared Allen, who is a very bad interior defender, and normally that is something that I would like to target, I just can't see them playing Vucevic, his normal allotment of minutes. So it kind of makes the Orlando team a stay away for, for me from a DFS perspective. But Gotcha. But let's, uh, let's flip it to the Nets. The Nets are a team that, although they're, uh, they're six-point underdogs, they are full of fantasy goodness because this is a team that had Kevin Durant obviously missing the season. Um, they have uh, Kyrie Irving will not be joining them in the bubble due to his shoulder injury. And then they also had the COVID bug strike them. Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, and Wilson Chandler will all not be joining them in the bubble, which just really opens up the opportunity for a lot of these guys. And, uh, and the most notable is going to be Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert, oh, yes. Karis LeVert uh, is an absolute stud who's dealt with injuries over his last two years. Um, over the 327 minutes he's played without Kyrie Irving and Spencer Dinwiddie on the floor, he's averaged 32 points, six rebounds, six assists per 36 minutes. Which is just, yeah. I mean, that's we're talking yeah. like Anthony Davis, Ron James, yeah, that those are all star numbers from from Karis Levert. So he's someone who is completely underpriced on both sites, DraftKings and FanDuel. I expect him to be one of the most popular plays, and for very good reason. Um, he is not someone that I'm going to get cute with and fade or anything like that. Uh, he he is someone that I am looking to attack. Um, yeah, I, I remember sometimes in the James Harden days. Uh, you know, like he'd be 15 K or whatever he'd end up being, but he'd be like a 75 point a day guy. So it's like, yeah, just, I know what he's going to do. And I know he's going to be a hundred percent owned practically, but I can't fade him, you know? So it, it's good that you said that, like, you know what he's going to do. And it, you know, he's pretty popular, especially in our region. Cause we're in the New York, New Jersey area. Well, <laughs> you, you were, you're in the I Texas was. area now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like you can tell there's a buzz where we live around here with basketball fans but he's not really a secret anymore. He's, he's kind of known, especially with numbers like that. No, it's, yeah. it's impossible to fade a guy like that. Yeah, you know, I think you, he's you going to be a standout but... stand in the bubble. And so one thing about NBA DFS that's different than some of these other DFS sports is that you can, you can roster Mike Trout on a day in MLB DFS, and he just goes over four. That's yep. the variance. That's going to happen. That blows. Harris Levert's going to be on the court. He is going to have the basketball in his hands and he's going to put up points. You just know that. It, it's a much more data-driven, predictive sport than a lot of these other high-variant sports, and that's why I've grown to love the NBA is because we can gain edges uh, in the numbers. Definitely. So, finally, anything on this game sidewise or total, or is this just strictly a DFS play for you? This, this is more of just a DFS play. I will touch on two other guys. Uh, for DFS from the net side, Jared cool. Allen is a guy that I have loved to play even when DeAndre Jordan was there. So with DeAndre Jordan not there and he's going to be approaching uh, 30 plus minutes a game, he's someone that I'm going to look to attack. And then the one sneaky guy that should pick up a ton of usage um, is, uh, is Rodney Caruso. For the, for the Brooklyn Nets, he's going to either uh, come off the bench and be the, uh, be the backup four and play backup center role and really uh, rotate off with Jared Allen. So he'll take all that usage that, that Allen gives up when he's on the bench. Um, so he's, a, he's the cheap guy from the Nets that I'm looking at for a Friday slate. 
Very cool. Very cool. All right. So that's the two thirty game. We got a couple, uh, looks like a pair here of four o'clock Eastern games here. So it looks like Grizzlies going to be playing the Blazers. So what do you have on this one? It looks like the Blazers are favored by two total is at two twenty three. Are you looking more DFS here? Do you think that there's any motivational edge? Because it seems like the Blazers need to do a lot to get in. The Grizzlies are on the bubble. So I wouldn't say there's no motivation because I think if they, they go like three and five or something like that, they can be in trouble. So what do you have for, for Grizzlies Blazers here? So the one unique thing about the bubble is that, um, is that all that Portland needs to do uh, for the Grizzlies is they need to be within four games at the end of these seeding games, and then they're going to play a play-in game. So even, uh-huh. if, even if the Grizzlies are up by two games on Portland, at the end of these seeding games, they're going to play a play-in game. So this is a game that we may see later down the road that has extreme importance. Um, wow. So the one, the one interesting nugget from the uh, Trailblazers is that Trevor Ariza, who plays a ton at power forward for them, is opting out and will not be joining them in the bubble. But they are getting back Nurkic, um, who was expected to miss the entire season. But obviously with the delay, he's been able to return. And he actually, in their most recent scrimmage, was able to work up to 27 minutes, which is what I would have expected him to work up to going into the playoffs. So for him to play that, that allotment of minutes in a scrimmage is a very good sign um, for, for him to hop right back into things. The, yeah, the, really. problem, the problem with the Blazers that they're running into right now is that in order to get all of their best players on the court, they have to play Nurkic and Whiteside together. So kind of that twin towers to center approach, which isn't really efficient in today's NBA where the stretch four has become so, uh, so dominant. And uh, with them playing those two centers, that means that Carmelo Anthony has to play the three. And uh, we know Carmelo Anthony well <laughs> oh, growing yes. up we in the Northeast well. and, yeah. uh, and, Carmelo is one of the worst uh, small forward (laughs) defenders in the entire league. So, so unfortunately on the Memphis side is that there's no one that I'm really, really, really like to attack at that forward spot, but that's something down the road that we really need to look at is attacking those aggressive wings against the Blazers because they're going to have Carmelo playing the three. Yeah, definitely. And when I hear that both of these teams need to put in a a hundred percent max effort type game, and I see the total at 223, I automatically lean under. You know, I'm not, the, I'm not a basketball guru such as yourself, but would 223 be considered a high total? And based off of, you know, defense is, is mostly effort, and that's kind of why Carmelo's not very good at it. Would you say that a, a, at least a lean towards the under on the total is something that we can look at for this game? Yeah, yeah I definitely would lean the under uh, if – especially uh, Damian Lillard has been uh, has been having a foot issue that's been keeping his minutes down. So, I mean, you take, you take four, four or five minutes away from Lillard, his usual 38, 39, maybe he goes down to a 34, 35, and that's not accounted for in the total. Um, I mean, that's, you're looking at uh, three, four points just there alone. Um, if yeah. Lillard minutes are, are capped. So, yeah, so I definitely, Memphis does like to play fast, so that's why you see a, a, a higher total. But, um, but, yeah, I would lean to the under, especially with kind of the stuff that we talked about before, the unfamiliarity yep. with the gyms and all that kind of stuff, is I would definitely lean the under. Uh, one DFS play that um, I have 
I have mild interest in, I'm still working out myself, is Ja Morant. Um, I'm still seeing um, how many minutes they're going to ramp him up to. I mean, he, he was limited when he first when, – uh, when in the beginning half of the season. But towards the end there, when they realized that they had a real shot at this eighth seed – um, they were ramping him up to 34, 35 minutes. So if we can get 35, 36 minute John Morant, that's going to be something that I'm interested in. Um, where Damian Lillard and McCollum are not elite defenders by uh, any uh, sense. So uh, John Morant is someone that um, that is more of a secondary play for me, not a core play, but definitely someone that I may target on this Friday slate. That's cool. Yeah, this is a very pro John Morant podcast. Some of the People who have been around and listening to the uh, sports card oh, episode. You mean, you mean should have been should have been number one overall pick, John Morant? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for chunky boy Zion to get all this hype, I mean, nothing against Zion, but yeah, you look at some of the stuff Jock can do. I mean, any other draft class besides, you know, a handful in the history of the NBA, he's number one. I mean, he's he's gonna be the rookie of the year. I think sports books have him at ninety-eight or ninety-nine percent chance of winning that. So. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a complete stud. Anywhere you can fit him in a DFS lineup where it makes sense, especially if he's going to get those 35 minutes against the poor defenders of the Blazers, man, you should, should definitely go for it. So I, th- I think we nailed this game. I think you, you completely killed that game. And I'll probably throw a half unit at least down on this under. But if we want to go now to the twin game here at the, uh, the second 4 o'clock Eastern game, it looks like it's going to be Suns against the Wizards. So it looks like Suns are favored by seven. Looks like the total is 225. Now, I, I, I have no idea what it would take for both of these teams to make the playoffs. I know that the Wizards have kind of given up. Um, and I, I'd be curious to hear your take on both of these teams because it looks like these teams, they got to practically win out, you know. So good for the NBA for yeah, trying to get everyone involved, but I don't know what it's going to take here. Yeah, the Wizards are, the Wizards are absolutely out. I mean, they had a less than 5% chance to make the playoffs even before they had the opt-outs of their two best players this season, Bradley Beal and, De- and uh, Bertans. So yeah. once they opted out, that was it for the Wizards. They're in full evaluation mode. I'm surprised as a team they didn't just opt out of the bubble uh, with some of the guys that they're going to be throwing out there. But uh, for us, that creates unique rotations and minutes. Um, and the Wizards are a team that I am absolutely going to target early on uh, just because of how much usage is left behind with Bertons and Beal not joining this team in the bubble. They're, they're a team that uh, is going to play a bunch of young guys, uh, a ton of minutes, and they're going to be chucking up shots. They're going to play bad defense. It's going to be a run-and-gun run and game, uh, personally, is what I think how the Wizards are going to play. Uh, for, for DFS perspective, um, I think Shabazz Napier is going to be one of the more popular uh, plays on the slate. He's starting over Ish Smith. Um, he's, uh, he's, a, he's not a high-usage player, but he's going to be forced into a high-usage uh, ball-handling role. Uh, he could play 34, 35 minutes a game uh, for his cheap price tag of, uh, of 6.2K on FanDuel, and he is um, – what is he on DraftKings? Let me switch over and pull that up real quick. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I mean, I like where you're going with, the, especially the the motivation and the the, the running yeah, gun. Five point five point seven k on uh, on DraftKings. I mean, those are two 
really, really good prices for him. Uh, the one guy that I think is even a better play than, Sh- than uh, Shabazz because of his price is Troy Brown. Uh, they they kind of have Troy Brown playing that second ball handler role because their backup point guard is Ish Smith, and my God, is that dude bad. Ish Smith is <laughs> just a poor, poor basketball player. He is the perfect guy to, uh, to fill minutes for the Wizards here. Uh, in the bubble, because because uh, I wouldn't want him handling the ball on any of my NBA teams. So Troy Brown's been been taking on a massive usage role, and he's just too cheap. I mean, he's four point six k over on Fanduel uh, at a small forward position that's not really that loaded. Uh, I mean, he's going to be extremely popular on both sites, and uh, and I can't see myself getting away from him even at 4.7K on DraftKings. I mean, and he's shooting guard, small forward eligible. So he has a ton of, he provides a ton of flexibility for your lineup. Um, he is just an absolute smash play on, on Friday for sure. Man, that sounds good. You got me all jacked up for the NBA, dude. I didn't think it would happen. But <laughs> all right, looks like we got, we got three games left. I'm going to put in an official lean on the over of that game we just talked about, Suns. Wizards, if you get a lot of young guys trying to make a name for themselves, I don't anticipate a lot of stamina being wasted on defense, especially with some of the things that you mentioned. I think 225 is fairly easy to get to. I don't think I'm going to be officially liking too many things here just because I want to leave that to you. I want to let your DFS knowledge shine through. And, you know, whenever you talk NBA, I'm the one with the, with the pen and paper here. I don't want to try to overshadow you and throw some likes in. But anyway, our next game is going to be Celtics at Bucks. This is the 6:30 game. It's a standalone. Looks like the Bucks are going to be favored by four and a half. Total is 218 and a half. This is an exciting one. Just if you're not even playing DFS or, or you're looking at any kind of like, like a side or total here, I'm excited for this game. This is two of the better teams here in the East and they're going to go at it. So what, what do you have for, for this game here? So for this game, it's an interesting one because Neither team has a ton of motivation just based on the standings of where they are right now with the only eight games remaining. I mean, the Bucks are up six and a half games on the Raptors. They're, the Raptors just are not going to catch them. So the Bucks basically have that number one seed already locked up. Uh, the, one, the, only, the only kind of minutes motivation we could get is them trying to ramp up Giannis to a point where he's playing – I mean, he, he wants to get up to like 36 minutes a game, which is very difficult for someone who plays at such a high pace like he does when he's on the court. I mean, for those six to eight minute spurts, he's so high energy and he just, he always tires himself out. And that's why you see those quick rotations with him. But uh, unfortunately for this Bucks team, I think they're going to be a team that I have to avoid in DFS. Um, at least for at least for uh, for the restart games because they're just gonna play extremely spread out. I mean, I can see them playing pretty fast, but I don't see them really pushing anybody to play a ton of minutes here yep. with yeah. the one seed already locked up. So yeah, uh, so that that's kind of my lean with the Bucks. I mean, the one guy who's just been absolutely dominant in these scrimmages has been Brooke Lopez. I mean, he has the he is the highest usage rate of any player in the Disney bubble right now through the scrimmages. So I mean, he's a guy who's pretty cheap, pretty cheap on DraftKings at four point eight K, where you do get a three point bonus uh, for someone like him. So he, uh, I have mild interest in him, but he's not going to be one of my core plays or even a secondary play uh, on this slate Friday, just because I'm, I'm worried about the minutes. 
for the Celtics yep. side, for the Celtics side, they have Kemba Walker, um, who is still battling back from his injury um, that that kept him out of the last couple games before the season ended. So he's been battling with this thing for months now. Um, in their most recent scrimmage, he was only able to play nine minutes. So uh, so even if he gets in the game here, I mean, I can't see him playing more than fifteen minutes max um, here. Uh, the two guys that I do expect to play quite a bit are, uh, are Jalen Brown and uh, Gordon Hayward. Jalen Brown is someone that I actually have interest in for, uh, for DFS. Um, wing players uh, perform very well against the Bucs. Um, it's just the way that the, the Bucs play defense, kind of, is that the Bucs are one of the best interior defensive teams. So they take away your center with their length, and, uh, and they usually throw, throw Giannis on, like, on, like, your worst – offensive player kind of and allow him to roam and play that blocking role um so it's kind of unique so wing wing players wing players uh do have a tendency to absolutely kill the celtics and jalen brown has a great history against the bucks so he's someone uh especially on FanDuel at the weaker small forward position at 5.8k that i think that i'm going to be interested in and and in my initial build right now i currently have him slotted in um, especially with Kemba being limited. I think that uh, I think he's going to take on a pretty high usage role. And then the other guy who I expect to play a ton of minutes um, for Boston is obviously Jason Tatum, their young stud. So, uh, yep. so I think, I think he's, his minutes are going to be secure in the, uh, in the 35, 36 minute range. Um, and actually looking forward a little bit, Jason Tatum gets that, uh, that juicy Carmelo matchup in the, uh, in the next oh. So that'll oh, be something to look say. out for. That'll be something to look out for in the next couple of days. Um, oh yeah. So so yeah, Tatum no Tatum isn't isn't a target for me on Friday because of his price tag. He's a little bit too expensive when I'm trying to uh, jam in some other guys. Yeah, definitely, man. I think uh, the Bucks' time will come, so to speak. I think that maybe there'll be some opportunities to play Giannis and and all those other guys. Uh, later on, but I, I think they're, they kind of got the training wheels on kind of like what you were alluding to um, earlier. So what about the, uh, what about the full game? Do you have anything in, in the full game or is this another DFS? What did you, what did you have for the spread in total for this one again? So it looks like bucks are by four and a half. And I, I kind of like fading that. Uh, just I, I, you I, said. Would lean, I would lean the Celtics. I think you got to uh, think just motivation, yeah. you know, don't overthink that. I mean, the yeah. past three games that we've talked about motivation is, has been huge. So. Yeah, yeah I think I think there, my lead would be the Celtics there for sure. Yep. All right. So the two night games we got one at eight o'clock Eastern. It looks like it's going to be Kings at Spurs. Looks like the uh, oh, let's see here. Yeah, total is two fourteen, and then it looks like the Kings are favored by a bucket and change. So is there anything here on the total? Is there anything here in the game, or is this a a DFS game here as well from the DFS guru? So uh, from a DFS perspective, the, uh, the Spurs are a team that I thought uh, I was going to be extremely interested in uh, when they first announced the bubble. And just I was getting my thoughts together on all the teams and who is going to play and who's, who's not and whatnot. Uh, so LaMarcus Aldridge, he had a season-ending sh- shoulder surgery so uh he won't be returning to the team which opens up a ton of usage for them um and then just recently they had trey lyles also leave the bubble and he won't be returning to the team so it kind of opens up a ton of forward minutes uh and big man minutes for them but over the past week um 
we've gotten word that the Spurs are going to go with an extremely young approach. Uh, so much so to the point that uh, Rudy Gay hasn't played more than 20 minutes in a scrimmage. His max has been 18 minutes uh, in a scrimmage. And Patty Mills hasn't even seen the floor. He's been more of a coach role uh, during this restart. And they've been rolling, uh, they've been rolling three guard lineups um, Three guard lineups out there with Murray, White, uh, and DeRozan, um, and and even playing Lonnie Walker a ton and Brian Forbes, and just they've been really preaching um, in every interview interview for the past week. Every single player has been we're gonna develop the young guys, gonna develop the young guys because the Spurs don't have don't have a realistic shot to uh, to get into that yep. playing game scenario yeah. with no Aldridge and whatnot. And, and this is, this will be the first time that the Spurs uh, missed the playoffs in, I believe it's something like 16 years, which is kind of crazy. Um, but they're in a rebuilding phase. So, <clears throat> so I think the Spurs, um, the Spurs aren't a complete stay away from me because I do think these younger players are going to be interesting, especially in a matchup with the Kings um, the Kings play extremely fast, and they are an extremely poor defensive team. So, uh, so someone that really stands out for me is uh, is Jakob Pertl at 4.2K on FanDuel and at 4.7K on DraftKings. He's someone who I consider a core play. Um, he's played the most minutes of any big man uh, in their scrimmages. He's a younger player, so he fits that narrative that they're trying to push right now. Um, if he's someone who's playing over 30 minutes a game, uh, he's an, ex- he's an extremely efficient player when he's on the court. Um, he's actually been their leading scorer in the first quarter, which is, uh, in, in both of their scrimmages so far, which is something that we'll look at because that's, that's generally the starting rotations that we're going to see for these, uh, for these restart games. So he's someone that I'm very interested in, uh, with, with Trey Lyles and, uh, Aldridge not returning to the Spurs. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, we've hit this game up a pretty decent amount with the DFS angle. Do you have anything just strictly for the regular gamblers who are too lame to do DFS? I don't really see a side or total play for this game, unfortunately. No. Yeah, a lot of unknowns here. Yeah, ton of ton of variables. I mean, the Kings are going to be without uh, Bagley on the restart. Um, they 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 just had Harrison Barnes rejoin them. Uh, it's kind of kind of a mess. So I think that this is one that I'm going to stay away from. For, for yeah. yeah, no doubt, man. So this is our last game here on Friday. It looks like Rockets are going to be playing the Mavs. Now, I know the Mavs are the seventh seed currently. Um, I'm honestly not too sure what the Rockets are, but I would imagine they're close to the top. They are the, six, they are the sixth seed, actually. Only a one-and-a-half game difference between these two teams. Wow. All right, so if the Rockets are favored by one – Total two twenty six and a half. You're you're saying that there should be a decent amount of motivation here. Then I mean, both of these teams are six and seven. I wouldn't say it's completely locked up. You know, both of these. What, teams, what say you? Both of these teams are going to be highly motivated to play here during this restart. So this, I think, is the most exciting and best game on the Friday slate. If you were going to watch one game on Friday, if you only could convince your significant other to let you watch one basketball game on Friday, it would be this one. This, this Speaking of significant other, I think I hear Lincoln barking in the background. That yes, guy's my buddy. He's, uh, he's barking. He's, get, he's, getting, he's excited to watch. Yeah, he must be, must be barking at a squirrel, but uh, he's, he's just as excited to, uh, to watch some NBA here uh, oh, yes. in the middle of the day. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. 
So, so from a DFS perspective, I mean, James Harden is just going to be the lock of all locks based on uh, the news that D'Antoni has given us and what James Harden, uh, what James Harden has shown us here in the scrimmages. I mean, this is a dude who, when he's playing 35, 36 minutes a night, he's an absolute smash, uh, 35% usage rate, approaching 40. Um, and they have come out and said that they want to play James Harden 38 to 39 minutes a night. And they expect wow. to ramp him up to that during the, um, during the seeding games. So, I mean, how do you fade? A 38, 39-minute James Harden. You just can't. Too much usage, yeah. It's no, like fading a guy who's going to get 30 carries. Way, like, too, come on. way too much usage. I mean, Westbrook had COVID and got to the bubble late. So this is a situation that uh, – and, and the Rockets are going with more of a small ball lineup. They do not have a single center on their roster. They're, they are planning on playing P.J. Tucker at that five and just – running and gunning all night long. I mean, James Harden, James Harden is, is an absolute smash lock play, but he's not the only one from the rocket side that I like. Another guy that I have a lot of interest in is Robert Covington. He's someone who is playing big minutes as well. Uh, the one thing about this rockets team that is really appealing is that they are going to play their minutes, even in a blowout. They could be blowing up the Mavericks by 15, 16 points in the fourth quarter, and these guys are going to finish the game. The other night, James Harden uh, got in an argument with D'Antoni and refused to let D'Antoni take him out of a scrimmage with four <laughs> left. A scrimmage after a three-month hiatus – that means nothing. James Harden wanted to get those last four minutes. So if that doesn't speak volumes – to how secure of a floor ceiling combination James Harden, Robert Covington, all of these guys have. Um, I mean, I don't know what else. Well, the one other rocket that I'm that I have mild GPP tournament entry interest in uh, is someone who uh, has has had a rough year. He was playing a, a little bit better, I guess, uh, right before the season ended. But it was announced that he's moving back into the starting lineup, and it's sharpshooter Eric Gordon. Um, they did have Daniel House starting over him uh, <clears throat> for most of the season, but now Gordon is gonna gonna retake over that role. So he's someone who, if if he gets hot, you're gonna want to be invested in him. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, this is this is one that I'm really looking forward to. I mean, I cannot wait for all the the run and gun type stuff here between the, yeah, and I mean, the Rockets Luca is one of my favorite players in the NBA to watch. I mean, he's another guy where if, if I, if James Harden wasn't on this slate, I would love to play Luka Doncic. It's difficult to get both of them into your lineup, especially a shooting guard where I've already said that, uh, that Lavert is an absolute lock smash play and James Harden is an absolute lock smash play. It's just difficult yeah. to, to spend up for Luka or Greek because we already have those two elite spend-ups. Yeah, I mean, everything you've said so far with every game has made complete sense from a, a DFS standpoint and, and a total standpoint and, and all that good stuff. I mean, this is a game that I don't think I could ever convince myself. It could be 240, and I don't think I would play the under. I mean, doesn't, you, doesn't just, you James never know. Harden, doesn't James Harden just seem like a guy who's going to thrive in this 
empty gym, just street yeah. baller environment. He just yeah. seems like a guy where this is this is what he does. He loves to just play basketball. You know, he's gonna yeah. He's a classic like, scrum type guy. Yeah, he's just gonna he's just gonna thrive in this kind of environment. Yep. All right. So that does it for Thursday and Friday, man. I think that will probably. I mean, there'll definitely be some plays in the Slack channel for those of you that are listening that are in that for uh, for this weekend. We're gonna stop here, but before we go, we're gonna have. Uh, Rube throw down a future bet or two and uh, and kind of see where where we uh, we lie with that stuff and we'll see what kind of direction that takes us for the following week we're going to try to get on a weekly schedule so we can talk about some of these games that are coming up we'll probably do something similar where we talk about a DFS angle maybe talk about six to eight games or so uh, and then give you guys some some tips here that helps uh, Rube win constantly at DFS really no matter no matter what the sport, it seems. So, Rube, without further ado, man, give us a, a future play, or maybe you have more than one. What do you got for us? So the one future play that I uh, do have interest in is uh, this is betting on this Miami Heat team. So I, I, like, the, I like taking the Heat to win the, the East right now. Um, and, and I'll give you my reasonings why. I mean, you look at it, uh, this kind of has more of a – NCA tournament vibe to me where a team can just get so extremely hot for these couple of weeks and just go on this run. And if there was one team who was going to do it, I mean, I'm going to take the best three point shooting team in the NBA right now. And that's the Miami heat. I mean, they're oh, yeah. loaded with shooters. Uh, they're six, seventh man off the bench are elite shooters. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a superstar who can take over games. I mean, we've seen the fire and passion that he can he can bring to the table. Um, and if this team gets hot, I feel like they can be really scary. Um, I think I think a big factor for them will be where they end up. Um, will they stay in this four seed and play the Pacers or the Sixers? Um, I personally think that it's in their best interest to stay in this four or five seed. Yes, they'll have to take the bucks on early, but then you avoid a team like the Sixers, who I think can get hot as well during this restart. And they're getting Ben Simmons back, um, who was dealing with his back injury. They're probably the big winners of the COVID uh, three-month hiatus was they were able to get healthy. Um, they're, they're kind of messing with their rotation, so we'll see what happens with them. But I think the Heat want to stay in this four spot, take on a Pacers team, who, uh, who is, is dealing with injuries themselves. Um, we can get into that in a later episode, but I, I kind of like the, the Heat's path to get there to that Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I don't really like taking them to win the final because, I mean, that West is just so strong. I mean, the, two, yeah. the yeah. two-headed monster, the Lakers and Clippers, even if they're able to take down the Bucks, take down the Celtics or Raptors, um, it, it is it's, – I find it very difficult that they'd be able to take out that Western conference team. So I think, I think my favorite futures bet for their value right now is the heat to win the East. That's pretty cool, man, because I was looking at the heats roster earlier and they're sneaky deep. I mean, everyone thinks it's like, yeah, everyone thinks it's like Jimmy Butler, but you know, they had Kendrick Noon was just named to uh, one of those all rookie teams and hero was an honorable mention. Uh, Crowder is obviously an above average role guy. I, I don't even know if you could consider him, a role guy, you know, they got Olenek who, who can get some minutes as a big dude. So yeah, man, that, that's a, that's a great call. And especially cause I don't think Spolstra, he kind of got a bad rap cause everyone was like, Oh, LeBron won those titles. And obviously any team that LeBron is on is going to threaten for the title every year. But Spolstra has done a pretty good job with the mix of 
young guys and veteran guys that they've had here. So I second that. I think I might throw something down there as well now because it has Rube's blessing. So yeah, I just hey, I can see them getting hot. Like if <laughs> I mean, yeah. if they get hot, watch out. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. One, so, one more thing is I I just I'm all about fading the Raptors. I mean, I am all about fading the Raptors this year. <laughs> they have an 11 and 13 record against playoff teams. Up against current playoff teams, they have an 11 and 13 record this season. I mean, they have just beaten up on the scraps of the NBA this year and somehow have made it to a number two seed. So I mean, if if the Heat are able to get to the three, I like the Heat regardless because if they're able to get up to that three. Seed, Seed, I I don't see them losing to the Raptors. Even even as good as Siakam is and and whatnot, I do not see them losing to the Raptors. I will fade the Raptors at all costs here on the East side. Yeah, and that's a good way to get after it by taking that that long shot now with the Heat here. So look, agreement out of me, man. We covered covered a ton of stuff here, dude. Hopefully, this is just episode one in the NBA installment. Uh, guys, if you haven't already, shoot us a DM on any social media or comment asking about the Slack channel. First month is free. We are more than happy to give that away because we know you guys are going to love it. We know it is a serious value uh, for you guys to have that and be a part of Winning Ticket Nation. So, Rube, any closing comments before we are off the air today, sir? No, man. I'm just excited that the NBA is back. Um, I'm, I'm excited to watch basketball all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and we're lucky because we got a two o'clock, a four o'clock, a six o'clock. We can really dive into to each one of these games. So that does it, man. That's episode one of the books. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back. We got a ton more to talk about next time and a couple different topics coming your way soon. Thanks again, Ruth. Talk to you guys soon.